Hello, my name is Joey Holtz, a.k.a. Mohawk Joey, host of the Pragmatic Anarchist Podcast. We are here to help workers connect around the world with viewpoints of people who have experienced what they've experienced in the job market. If you'd like to be a guest or have an experience you would like to share, please reach out to Joey at MohawkJoey.com. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to episode three of the Pragmatic Anarchist podcast with Mohawk Joey. And uh, I've got a guest on here today, uh, Charles House. Say hi, Charles. Hello. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, why I brought you on the show here today, Charles? Uh, So um, I guess to condense it down, uh, I've applied to roughly a thousand jobs in the last month. That is a lot. My experiment was 60. And uh, what what actually inspired you to, to do this? Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, seen people compare my effort to a YouTuber that did this, where he uh, applied to a thousand jobs just to see what the responses were. Um, but that man was not using his real resume and uh, or name, and he was not seeking a job. He was just uh, looking for to data mine from that experiment, which is perfectly cool. This was me in my real life seeking a job. Uh, I had worked at my previous uh, position for about eight years. When I started that job, I was in my 20s. And uh, I, everything that I had done before that was a job that I held for, you know, a a year, a few years, whatever. Uh, And it was close to the minimum wage or close to the minimum wage now, since it's raised a bit since certainly close to the minimum wage in my city. I live in Washington, DC, you know, now I'm more experienced and I kind of generally know what I'm doing and I have things to show for myself and the people who have seen my resume and responded, you know, real human beings that saw my resume and responded said that, you know, I know what I'm doing. And the, the phrase that I've heard multiple times was that my resume speaks for itself. I, I don't really have to embellish or or use the kind of language that I think people expect to use in a resume. It just you, you sort my, of the, the language you rely on, right? Like the way we were taught the flowery, you know, poof it up, like, okay, you shoveled shit, but I was a waste pro, you know, or yes, whatever. Yeah. Something, I, something you had just said uh that I wanted to, to touch on. You said the humans that actually got to see your resume. And that's that's something I experienced as well. When, when I show people my resume and from my experiment in the place, anyone that's sat down and spoken to me, they're like, oh, yeah, you could totally, you know, five minutes in a room with me. Obviously, I'm qualified to work at a McDonald's, right? Uh, but you're saying you're not, you weren't just qualified for that. You you are, this is not your first time into the job market. You've been in the at a job for 10 years. The couple of other jobs you did, you stayed at them for a few years. So you're you're not out there bouncing around and and partying through your 20s. You you sat down and buckled down and did the job. And then this was uh, where you let go of your other job from uh, pandemic complications or what, what caused you to do this, sir? Not to give too much information, but uh, due to some current events, our office unexpectedly closed entirely. Okay. Um, we had about 80 people in my office. We were a global organization. Um, and, you know, so hundreds of people in total, but yeah, just one day we came in and they were like, we can no longer function. 
that happened to tons of Americans and people around the world during the last two years throughout COVID and spikes and all that. Uh, but so yours, I'm, I'm going to guess, is having to do with the recent uh, international conflicts and such. And that's that's unfortunate. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of issues surrounding that because, you know, this is um, and in my in my view, like if we just all worked on getting along a little better, we would have these issues. And that gets to where with the employment thing, when you you do talk to a person, right, you, you said it's good. Now, of the interviews where you got to talk to people like what was that around percentage wise? You said you're not done with the numbers yet, but like, if you give me a guesstimate, like how many humans did you get to talk to out of these thousand applications? So uh, funny enough, since I started putting this article together, I I currently have 1,125 individual correspondences. So emails or email chains uh, about different jobs. Uh, most of those, the vast majority of those are confirmations of a uh, receipt of my resume. Somebody, you know, an automated email saying, we got your resume, we'll get back to you. Uh, some of those are denials, a- automated denials, mostly that just say, you know, we're looking for someone with more experience. Um, and maybe two dozen of those are people speaking to me. Uh, and it, in that number that I gave, um, if I speak to someone 10 times, it only counts as one in my metrics. Um, so I've spoken to each of these people five to 10 times, but they only count in that metric as one correspondence. Okay. Um, okay. And I've done, when I stopped counting, which was a few days ago, uh, I had done 15 interviews total. Uh, most of them were Zoom. Uh, two of them were in person. However, I'm still getting them today. I came home tonight and I had I have, I think, five requests for uh, interviews of various kinds. But OK, um, and when did you when did you start doing this? Oh, well, I mean, I guess I, I applied to a few um, before my office closed down because I kind of saw the writing on or something different anyway. Is it, you know, maybe the place what it sounds like if they were going to fire you with zero notice anyways, whether it's inside or outside of control, that's happened to me plenty of times. You know, I've come in for a shift and the front door's closed and I'm like, oh, oh, it's like that today. All right. And then that's, you know. They knew. They knew they were going to be closing sure. that day. They didn't tell us. We we were laid off, and they they treated us as good as they could. But the work itself had not been very satisfying for a while. So I poked around and you know had a resume ready. But um, so I started applying that day. Um, dedicated applying. I had maybe five or ten responses prior to that. Um, but you know, every day at that point, I was getting up in the morning, sitting down, drinking my coffee, spending several hours, if not the entire day, um, sending out applications. How many were you getting out, out in a day on average? Like but uh, you had to pick up how many you did in a day? It really depended on uh, what was available and how easily it was to find. The further that the longer I did this, the more I realized that the vast majority of job boards are reposting from like the big two sources. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're either reposting from LinkedIn indeed, or a, uh, a specific businesses core job site. So I spent a lot of time filling out the same application for the same job, but on a different website. 
And that's why I started keeping track of them was so that when I opened up a new application, I could search to see if uh, I had applied to it before. Um, but uh, I, to answer your question, it was usually between like 20 and 60 okay, in a given okay. thing. Because I got, uh, you know, when I saw, and I, I found you in the comments section, the anti-work group that we're both members of. And uh, I, I noticed in the language that people were using in their conversations with you, the same questions, the same conversations that people were asking me. Uh, and and I was looking at it too. And I'm like, well, people were giving me shit for two a day. And I'm like, you know, you can do two by the time you're done with your cup of coffee, right? It's it's a, it's an online application unless you run into the ones where you have to do the personality test and all that. But uh, I personally, I did a lot of mine came from like a Facebook ad because I was, you know, I was doing my targeted, like I said earlier, mine was a spite project. I wasn't even, I was already employed. I wasn't even looking for a job at the time. I was just chasing that feeling that something's wrong in this sector. And like, if I picked up a side job, I'd have taken it because, you know, I am not a wealthy man. Uh, and I, I am not too proud to go work at McDonald's for 20 hours a week if, if that's what it takes. But, you know, even even those places weren't calling. And that's what was like weird. Uh, but you are getting responses. And now the range that you're looking at, that leads me to what what were you applying for? What what's your you said you're a little more experienced. So you have like a limit, your your living wage for you, so so to speak. Uh, what were you going for there? DC has one of the highest um, costs of living in the country. Um, and we are here. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also have a pretty decent median income uh, because of that. Uh, Our, our minimum wage is around 15. Uh, So, you know um, if you're working here, you're generally not doing terribly in a national sense, but you know, if you live here as well, you might be um, struggling. I, I had a minimum that I was willing to accept uh, that was pretty in keeping with the median here in DC. Uh, not not even addressing my experience, just the median here. I can accept this, so I don't starve to death. I'll take it. Sure, and well, it's it's also just that you know I'm recently married, and I have a certain you know, expectation of what I I think I'm worth. And I I kind of don't want to sound like a shithead by saying this, but like between that and the um, schedules that I was being offered by different places, I just don't owe a business less than that. Uh, If I'm worth something, I don't owe them valuing myself uh, monetarily less, but also in, in a way that makes my real life, my real not at work life lesser by having a, a lousier schedule by right. working. That is, that is a fantastic way to put that. Like, and you know, that's being part of the anti-work group. And I, uh, I don't know if you're in the, uh, no one wants to work group or work reform or any of these other groups that are out there. Uh, I, I'm in a bunch of them because, you know, I, I, I want to be there. And, and with this particular thing, the one thing we see is that people just, aren't falling for the just suck it up and see if you like it in the long run like we're running from toxic workplaces faster uh it's easier to see the red flags having done the number of applications you've done recently and i've done a lot of this stuff too like you get to where as soon as you flip that page open you know your eyes scan and you you've picked out the, the four that are just i'm not gonna bother they're using problem language uh one of the things that i found equivocation and job listings if they're being vague about what the job uh, listing is going to be and things like that. 
you know, you don't even bother clicking that button. So for out of the, what, 1,100, 1,200 you got through there, you probably scrolled past 10,000 of them, right? If I'm being entirely honest, no. <laughs> because you just clicked on everything? I mean, not literally everything, but if I was qualified your, for yeah. it and it okay. it could potentially be something, I I tried because, you know, I, they're not going to get back to me. Statistically, uh, you know, maybe 2% are getting back to me at all. So why? Okay, so why not shoot the shot, right? Like maybe yeah. that's the thing. That makes sense. And that's, okay. in doing these interviews, I found that, you know, largely only the ones that were really worth anything got back to me anyway. And, and quickly, right? Like almost immediately if they were looking for something. They respond, but the time with which it takes them to um, actually hold an interview or hold a second interview or get to the offer or whatever can, I I'm still waiting on some and I okay. started a month ago. Well, this is where I find some of the difference between like, cause, uh, and, and the, the sector that you're applying in is, uh, I'm a, I'm a photojournalist and video photo, editor. Okay. Video editor. I, I knew it was a uh, journalist was the part I was linking on there. Uh, I think that was something that some people really clung to in the group that we were talking about is that like, you know, I'm, I'm being for some, bigger reason or a story yeah. it's like no I'm just and i'm, I'm not i i if i'm looking for a job i'm not writing for a publication i'm just writing something that i thought other people might find interesting uh yeah. and i don't consider myself typically a like written journalist i do it uh, i've done it professionally but it's not the key thing that i do i'm a a film guy at heart so i like to you know make visuals and edit visuals but you know i i write sometimes and so this was just a, a small avenue but i think a lot of people really got hung up on the idea that i am uh like a 1950s you know uh cabbie hat guy like i i i, I totally and it's people make these assumptions about you when they're doing a thing i get a lot they're like well you got to look at they were saying look at my motives they're like he's got this website he's got this this and he's got that i'm like when my post went viral i didn't have any of that i didn't have my real name on my facebook mohawk joey and joey holtz weren't connected right i was I, I was two separate identities until business insider called and i had to either like i couldn't do the business insider interview as the mysterious mohawk joey from the internet, right i had to so i had to make a choice and that choice you know meant that i had to now now the two things are linked now i can't i put my name down a job application right and if they if they google my name now now it's like so people are saying I screwed myself on that, but I'm like, no, I've protected myself because now any employer that's thinking of pulling any bullshit, if I have to go back into that job market, like they're going to look at that and they're not going to want to hire me. And I'm like, good, because I don't want to work for them if that's that's going to stop them from hiring me. Right. And that like, is also work. something that I've yeah. found as well is just the the places that would make a judgment call about me based on where I've worked or my personal opinions or whatever. I, I wouldn't want to wouldn't work in a place a like fit. that. It's 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 a struggle that colleagues of mine have also had. It's you know where you're coming from dictates who's willing to speak to you after that. But well, and this is in in all of these things. If you if you think about it, like a lot of this, this is what we're we're fed up with. And and like 37 years old, and you know, a couple of my friends, like they started the doing the thing, and they did the hard work, and they worked their way up this ladder or that ladder, and they're in a better place because of it. And for every one of those people I know, you know, I know another guy that died of a drug overdose 10 years ago, and then everything in between, right? Because every human and every individual's path is different. But percentage wise, uh, those paths are not available to everybody. And, 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 and even two people who worked the same job 20 years ago, like me and the guys that I grew up working on these boats with, like, 
some of them, they own like their own fleets of boats now. And me, I, I don't own a fleet of boats at all. And, you know, like I, I was working in those same places. I was doing those same jobs. Right. But it was people's perceptions and, and, and the things they put out on you. If someone looks at you and thinks you're not worth believing in, then they're not going to believe in you. I've had bosses like that where, you know, maybe I could have done what you said I couldn't do 10 times better than you if you had given me a shot at doing it. Right. And that's a thing that I think these computers are filtering out resumes and people. And it's not they're filtering out keywords. But what they're losing is the opportunity to speak to a really good person that might be the right fit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I've found. One of the biggest takeaways is that mostly this is all automated and there is no person involved. And 50% of the interviews that I have had are through recruiters. So they are being paid to pay attention to this stuff. Now, I understand that an HR manager or whatever um, is also being paid, you know, the the person whose job it is, is to do the hiring at the company. They're, they're also being paid for this, but whether they do a good job or not, doesn't really matter. Uh, so recruiters have a little bit more of a vested interest. They, they are their own box of knives, but. Uh, I, I used to do recruiting actually. So that's funny that you bring that up. I did, uh, I did fashion recruiting in New York city, uh, but I did it from a houseboat in Key West because I live a strange and charmed life sometimes. Uh, <laughs> And just the way that I got that job was out of this world. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. I overheard a phone call and I was like, I want to do that. And then and I ended up in that. And because it was a good feeling, right? You're helping people. You're helping people get paid what they're worth. If you're if, if you're the type of recruiter that's working to help the people, but maybe you're the recruiter that's just trying to help the, you work for one of the corporations and you're just trying to get the cheapest person in there for whatever. There's those recruiters too, right? We, you know, we took our clients on both ends were very important to us. We were kind of a niche thing. I liked it like that. And that's sort of what I'm building, what I'm doing now around, like in the minimum wage market and the lower end market, but anyone making under $50,000 a year doesn't really have access to a recruiter or recruiting at all or any of that. Right. So part of what I want to do moving forward with my experiment is uh, take my knowledge from that field and the things I've learned from uh, going viral over my, and I only did 60. Like I cannot wait to see all the numbers on yours because the people that responded to my experiment after I did mine. I, and the second thing I did was I asked people to share their experiences with me and um, you know, we can link up on that at some other time and I'll show you those numbers too, if it helps out your thing at all. Uh, but I found that like my experience was not only normal, but almost higher up. And like when we, when we got to the end of it, like it's really less than 1% of these listings out there even led to talking to a person, let alone a job. We, discussed a little earlier about like the, the concept of a great resignation, people just not being willing to put up with stuff anymore. Uh, and while I, I certainly think that's true, um, the, on, on a federal level, they want to talk about how there are more, uh, listings and openings than there are, uh, people on unemployment, which may factually be true as in currently on unemployment, but for example, but how many I'm, of those listings are real? Like there, there's unemployment too. There's certainly, yeah. Well, unemployment, I mean, I don't qualify right now because I, I got a stipend. So I have to wait out until I'm not being paid that, um, until I'm being not being paid severance. So 
and that's an odd situation, but you know, yeah, I don't, that's, that, that's, that's, that sounds like that fancy people talk. You got a severance. I actually did one time. My boss fired me and I was like, bro, my rent's due in two days. Like this is bullshit. And I guilted him into giving me half of what I would have made the next week. And I was like, well, I mean, I should, I've had to know, but that was you know, in the restaurants people don't give a shit it's you know we'll, we'll, there's three of you waiting on the other side of the bar kid and then sure. not any, not anymore right because essential workers yeah, people just don't want to do that everyone who could retire early did nobody's sending their kid kids are not going to work at mcdonald's nobody's letting their kid go work at a fast food place where they're going to get hot chicken nuggets and coffee sprayed on their face every day like not nah. no, i wouldn't it's it's crazy out there uh, i mean you know, my friends in the restaurant industry i think are just they know that they can take their skill and it is a skill to a place that makes more money. They don't have and to appreciate you know. them. Right. You don't have to sit there anymore. It's like, you know, I don't have to know how to make your chicken tenders. Uh, I can, I can make chicken tenders. So I can walk into that kitchen and whether I'm putting Hawaiian sauce on them over here at Margaritaville, or I'm putting teriyaki sauce over here at, at, at the Chinese buffet, I can make more money somewhere. Right. Like yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and that was my, big thing in my time vetting the uh, responses that I got. I really just stood my ground on my principles and they're pretty limited. I just, I didn't want a bad schedule and I didn't want to make less than I was already making or had been making. So I don't think that's a lot to ask, but um, it seems like a lot of places think that it is. So I just had to tell those places, no, I, I got, I've had several offers during this, but I had to, you know, if they weren't willing, if I had to show up at work at four in the morning or I had to make 25% less than I was before, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's funny. Cause my, uh, my, uh, stepmom, she actually took a job recently working remotely and she, she wakes up at four in the morning now to do that at 5am, but you know, she gets to work from home. She gets to hang out with her dogs and she, you know, she, she wants to do it. I'm like, cool. I will be waking up at nine, maybe 10. <laughs> I working remotely uh, and getting up that early wouldn't be as bad as. If you had uh, to get up and go into the middle of Washington, DC at that time in the morning. Yeah. Ride, ride I'm that, take my life in my own hands uh, and deal with four in the morning, DC drivers. Yeah. Or or you can, or you can drive. Oh, you're on a bike. I was going to say, or you can get on like trains places. Right. But then you're riding trains with people that are on a train at 4 a.m. They're not even open here. Oh, they're not. Wow. They, the DC Metro closes at, uh, I think 11 now and they don't open till like seven. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. See, and that's, that's another thing. A lot of the effects, the pandemic that people don't think about, you know, my wife uh, says five, <laughs> five in the morning. Oh, when the five in the morning. Oh, yeah. She's not giving me a time. Like five minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. no, 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 not at all. No. I've, been, I've been ripping the bong. So I'm, you know, yeah, no, I'm you're like, good. Oh, yeah, okay, we're done. We're fine. But no, we're, no, no. This, this is, yeah, this is a good, um, and it's, I love talking to people that have experienced this stuff in different places, uh, because, one of the arguments I got, well, where are you at? What's it like? Oh, that's Florida. And, you know, I'll either hear, oh, well, that's why, or, oh, well, it can't be. And the other, every single person on the internet, like, because now I, I'm six months from when my thing went viral. And and like I said, I expected it to get five or six likes. And, you know, it's, it's turned into all this craziness. And these questions, like, you know, when people start typing it, they think like, you know, this is their first time they're interacting with me about this thing. I'm like, but I have had this conversation with a thousand of you 
Right. So like, ah, okay, no, I totally get why you say that, sir. And then like, but I'm sorry, buddy. That's not how that works. Uh, you know, and I think it's funny just that we we're getting closer to some sort of like class solidarity, but it's always going to be put off by the people that don't want to like they're either resistant to change or they want to go with the status quo or they think that like, but if I just try harder or work harder, but it's like, nah, nah, man, that even people in the groups that we're discussing, like people that clearly are almost ready for it, but you know, they're still willing to ask you, are you sure that you're material for working anywhere and doing anything? And it's right. And they immediately question your worth or value because you say, Hey, Maybe we value our worth a little differently than the metrics that you're using, right? I don't have to be, my success doesn't rely on stepping on the backs of the people next to me to get there. Like I am okay with, I lived a really fucked up crazy life that put me where I'm at. And, and instead of saying like, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and got here, I'm like, I don't want anyone to ever have to go through any of that again. Can we lift everybody up with me guys? Like, you know, there's, there's two different ways to look at it. And, and it's, you know, the mass PTSD trauma that we've all faced, like uh, it's, it's, it's rough. And we really need now more than ever people to, to stop looking at anything someone's doing and immediately like screaming at the top. They're like, Oh, that can't be. And start being like, well, why is it like this? You know, what, how can we make it better? Right? Like, Everyone wants to do all this subtractive thinking and this detractive thinking. And it's like, but I try and just look at ways like, okay, so here's a problem, right? Now, what can we do that's going to be, is, is this going to add to it or, or take away from the problem? Are we, are we working towards a solution? Because sitting around thinking of ways that it's not going to work, that doesn't work for us. And looking at, at our economy here, like looking at the billionaires isn't the place to look for how to pull ourselves out of this situation. Like, we have this Amazon win. And, you know, I, I want to say that like, that is the David versus Goliath story that everybody that is like leaning towards whether or not this type of thing can work needs to see and hear. Like, he's, he's a like working class presenting person. I don't mean that as a criticism, but the, the man has tattoos in places that businesses don't want you to have tattoos. And he, right like dresses in a way that's incredibly casual and yeah he's me i stood i i saw me standing on that podium you know like like saying no nah, thanks for going to space jeff like without <laughs> organizing that was that was a great line and and his delivery and this is and i think this is you know a lot of people that i've talked to in my stuff uh it's everyone who can't figure out these problems they're looking at it from the top down right and it's like but the people who experience this, you just went through with the thousand. I did. I, I, I've been living this my whole life. And then with the, all these anti-union places and everything, but at the end of the day, like there's more of us than them. And we've been stomped on our entire lives and like undervalued. And, 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 and they talk about lazy, this made up word that's made up by business owners that wanted people to be productive 24 seven. Uh, you know, it's, they're the lazy ones when you look at it. Like they wouldn't know what to do if you told them to get in the car and drive a pizza somewhere. They wouldn't know what to do if you asked them to walk to the register at one of their Walmarts and like run it. Like I don't think anyone with the last name of Walton would be able to run one of those Walmart registers. You feel no. like, you know, the uh, McDonald's GM isn't going to walk in and be able to put on that, that polo and actually make a burger. Like those people don't know what to do in there. So, so they're, they're making these decisions about people's lives and they're cutting a couple hours here and there on their little checkbox or checkbook. It doesn't matter to them. 
those union guys, and this is one of the things that uh, Chris Smalls and the guys at the Amazon warehouse did, uh, the union representatives that they sent in, the union busting people, I mean, uh, that were making like 3000 bucks a week. Uh, they were getting pictures of them because they're trying to hide their identity. They're getting pictures of them, find out who they are. And like right after they're talking to the employees, they're like, yeah, that person was just telling you about how crappy like unions are going to be and how much they're going to affect us. They're getting paid $3,000 a week by Amazon to have that conversation with you. And that, right. that was bringing that up was pretty much immediately like, yeah, that's a, that's one way to make me not want to listen to those people anymore. Uh, and they were using the dirtiest tricks in the book. The, the one of the union buster, uh, people was a, an attractive woman, uh, an attractive woman. And the men in the department that she was, you know, doing her thing in, you know, sort of just kind of, you know, simped right up and, and stood up for her, like, Oh no, 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 no. You know, cause of course she loved all of them uh, or whatever, how that works. Right. Cause those that, and where do I mean, I they, they hire people for persuasive roles to be persuasive, you know, right. that's- and that's, First of all, I'm like, where do I get this money? I get accused of like having this agenda and stuff. And I'm like, I have gotten $750 in donations on this project in six months. And I've, I've spent more than that on advertising it and putting the message out there to more people and just trying to like, I'm doing this all the, the time I put into this. I'm doing this because I want to, because people need to know, right? Like people, I mean, people ask me up. what my goal was in applying to that many jobs. And I, to get a I didn't job, know how to... Right? Yeah, I didn't know how to tell them, like, I am searching for a job. This is not the the article that I would like to finish is not is a project. It's it's a thing. But the data was not collected out of some, you know, nefarious intent. I, I was job seeking and I came to the conclusion that I might have some interesting insight. It Yeah, well, and I think that's from that po- the, the post, the way it was worded. So people might have thought that like you like went into this to do that because like you said the guy on the other guy sure, on YouTube sure. did that and mine like i was mine's a half and half like i was actively looking for a job but the the 60 places i applied with the two a day thing like those i specifically chose for those 60 i chose under 12 dollars an hour things that i was qualified you know was, I, I was aiming at a very specific end of the job pool there uh that like you know it was a pretty expected result because that's what happens. And then you look at the signs, the McDonald's are paying 16 an hour, but then the little asterisks that says, you know, if you're, if you're doing third shift, right. If you're doing this and we could see that in those groups all day, every day too. So I think everyone's jaded, uh, you know, thinking that everyone's just out there trying to make the next big Facebook post or whatever. And it's like, y'all realize that these posts all come from, we actually want to change these things, not just make fun of them on the yeah, internet. I mean, there are very few people that I can think of that do things like that, that are, doing it for any other reason than like trying to bring attention to a thing like right like that's no, facebook likes are not going to like pay your rent or put any money in your ira like they're not going to help you retire it's this is not a part of your career it's just speaking and sometimes like speaking into a void but you know it's oh yeah it's speaking with other people because you realize that you have things in common with them. And the idea that people get so defensive about the the concept that they, you might be uh, not truly one of them is just really it's like you're helping, but you're not helping my specific way. So we have right. to fight. And it's like, you know, uh, that's another thing we need to get away from. And, and I 
talk to people about this all the time and I bring it up and I'm like, if you don't know what the word intersectionality is, look it up. And, and, right. and, and, the, and the concept, you know, that like, and I grew up to the concept of one human family, like Key West, that's, we, we got bumper stickers. They've been free for my entire life. And it's just, you just slap those stickers on everything. You get a new bicycle up. Oh, it's not a Key West bike till you slap your one human family sticker on it. Right. And so, and I grew up with trans friends and, and, and just, this was, so none of this was ever like a question to me. I just grew up with let everyone be weird and do what they want all the time. And so that was good for me, bad for the society that I was trying to be shoved into when I have to live out on the mainland. Um, you know, and it's just people are going to be individuals. And if we don't find the things that tie us together and keep, keep us rolling in common, and we only focus on the things that divide us, then, then we won't ever have working class solidarity. But the line that exists there, it's, it's, it's not like, it doesn't exist anywhere here, right? It is monetary. It is boom. Right. You either make less than $250,000 a year and you're closer to homeless than you'll ever be, uh, than you'll ever be to Jeff Bezos, right? Or Elon Musk. Like if you make under $250,000 a year, you're a poor person when it comes down to the numbers, but people don't realize that. Uh, And I mean, that's, I've, also seen that just politically as a whole you know the the ruling class if you want to call them that like will always agree on everything uh and anything that they disagree on is insignificant it, it's mostly to keep us talking about how they disagree on something exactly but us disagreeing on anything particularly when it comes to our value or our rights is to their benefit. It will always be to their benefit. Us bickering amongst each other and not getting along and agreeing and coming to a broader conclusion will always help them. You know, it's, we, we have to realize at some point that, that that's got to change and it's changing. People finally had to deal with change. And now, now it is changing. Now we have uh, enough people that are like, well, if it's already got to be different, if I'm already not going to be able to pay my bills, I might as well not pay my bills on my own. Like, Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's disappointing that, you know, it had to come to that, but yeah. And then then their answer is, well, pump up the inflation machine, right? Let's get that going. People had an advantage for a second. It took them a while to figure it out. They're like, they're sitting there, you know, and and I can imagine like the manatees in the tank from like the South park episode, they're waiting to see which, which solution it picks, you know, like, and then it's, Oh, okay. We're going to hit inflation. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, maybe it, maybe it accidentally hit two buttons. And that's why we also have a war, right? Inflation war, and then distract us from the class war real quick. Um, but I don't think it's working because everyone's still talking about it. The groups are still growing in size. Uh, the conversation is not going to go away because until we're paid living wages, people aren't going to just forget that they're not going to make enough, you know? I mean, yeah, when your biggest concern is just subsisting or yeah. existing, you're you're going to be focused on that. Yeah, people that have never overdrafted their bank account for ramen noodles don't get it. Like, <laughs> and they'll and they'll hear a statement like that and be like, "Well, then you're just you're just bad at finance." It's like, yes, I chose to be in a situation where sixty nine cents would totally bankrupt me. You're, you, you know what? Yes, I I woke up one morning and I chose that. If that were the the case, then the uh, finances created from overdrafts would not be as significant as they are like right and unless, the only people unless who chose you believe that, that the majority of people in the country are 
just god awful at paying their most basic of necessities off, then I, I think it's really easy to figure out it, that it's a systematic problem and not an individualistic problem. But yeah, well, convincing. and some some charts show it very well, and uh, I'll try and put them in when I do the graphics for this. Uh, there are when you look at it, the bulk of banks monetary income from customers is the overdraft fees, right? Like that's, that's where it comes from. And the majority of credit card earnings is from the interest on the lowest income end of their customers because they have the highest percentage rates, you know? So for all of the debt taken on by all the rich people in the world, they're not making their money off giving the rich people money. They're making their money off of doling out credit to the poor people in a manner that's just heavy enough that they'll default and have to pay more back. And that's, you know, it's predatory. Institutionalized loan sharking. Yep. Yep. But it's government mandated and government approved. And enough of us have woken up to this now that like, and we're not participating when they said, you know, eventually, you know, those people will be out of power and, you know, it'll be your turn to be in charge. Like, but those people also stay in power till the 90. So we, we have to not only, we can't wait for them to leave. We have to replace them. Right. I need to find people that are like ready to be like, you know, when Mr. Chris Smalls there is done with his little Amazon union stint, like when done being, now he'll have practice as president Then let's go stick him in the Senate. Right. Get some of these rules changed or something like, you know, we need, we need our generation. We need, we need workers in these places. What we don't need is more lawyers and 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 and, and bosses and trust funds because those people aren't thinking about us. The the only good uh, politicians and billionaires that I've ever been aware of are entirely fictional. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And even probably you know the couple of feel good stories we hear about the ones that do exist, like that's literally just so we're not thinking about the slave labor or the murder or any of the other things. Yeah. It's all PR. I mean, we yeah. hear about it because they, they want us to hear about it. Right. About That's it. yeah. Yeah. If there was something that Jeff Bezos didn't want me to hear the, the Alexa echo robot would, you know, send the, the kill drones. And <laughs> actually, I just said, Alexa, send the kill drones. Uh, that's probably not a good idea. Alexa, that cancel may- the kill drones. <laughs> Cancel the kill drones. I really hope that works. The light just turns off. She's not listening anymore. I I I hope not. Oh, all right. Well, if this is it, then this is it. But uh, no, it was really good talking to you. And I think uh, uh, were you ready to reveal that you? So you said yeah, you found I, something. Yeah, I um, vetted uh, like I said about a dozen uh, options. Um, and I had um, five or six offers and I took the one that was willing to pay me what I asked and, uh, didn't, you know, keep me away from my family at all times, um, that had a decent schedule. So, and it, so far so good, knock on wood. There you go. So you, you, you know, you had to put a lot in there and, and, and percentage wise, like that sounds about right. Putting out a thousand before you find the perfect fit. I mean, even more than that, but with, a lot of people have, I've heard that went that far. It was about like for some of the longer searches, it was like, I think the longest one was 1500. And then that, that led to one job, right? Because most people search ended when they got to their job. Some of them, you know, there were a couple of people that are like, yeah, I applied four places. I, I got a job at the fourth one. I'm like, that's awesome. But there's a lot more people that didn't happen for buddy. Like some of my, our, um, uh, severance was essentially two months of pay, but we're not working. Um, 
And some of my colleagues that did the same thing that I did uh, were just took a few weeks for vacation. And I'm way too anxious for that. Uh, I, you know, what if the ideal job like came and went while I was, you know, uh, treating myself to what is essentially a vacation. Um, So they're now just getting around to applying and I'm hearing them talk about it. You know, on the third week, maybe I talked to all of them. I've sent them all a message and I asked like, how, how's it going? What have you applied to? You know, have you been picked up anywhere? And uh, one guy said he applied to seven places and he had two interviews. <laughs> and I was like, how's that possible? And he was like, how many have you done? And I was like, several hundred at that time. And he was like, that's not true. That like, that can't be true. And I sent him a screenshot and he was like, I don't, I don't understand. But I think a lot of it was expanded the the field with which I was willing to apply. But uh, the job I ended up getting was essentially what I used to do just someplace else. But I also have found that uh, like the easy apply on LinkedIn and um, Indeed are almost useless. Uh, if if you can find that same listing on the um, actual company's website, it's going to take you 10 times as long but you should do it there uh, because because then you from might actually I, get seen. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. They, they don't even bother people looking at those. Uh, like from what I, they send me emails that are just like, here's an update on the ones that have looked at you and the ones that haven't like haven't even read my resume once. And it's the majority of them. They're not even bothering, but I think that brings us to something that we had touched on a little bit. And it's just, these companies aren't really hiring. Right. Yeah. They're, they're just either. And when I did mine, I was positing that uh, it has something to do with the PPP loans and having to prove that like, you know, they were, they were looking to return to pre-pandemic staffing levels, but it's like also, and in the restaurant sector that I was looking at, a lot of these were in, it's like, you found out that you can overwork the kitchen staff and have half the front of house staff because you're doing everything's to go now. So you're making more money on less staff and you're bragging about it in your quarterly profits reports. Like, why would you hire someone else? Like, yeah, you but know, according to what they teach you in business school, like that would be dumb. So like, I get why you're doing what you're doing, but you can't do that and also be saying, oh no, nobody wants to work. We can't find help. I mean, it, you know, you have to placate your employees by at least pretending. That's that exactly hired. what I said. I'm like, see, oh, I'm sorry, Becky. Like, we're really trying to find some help. Nobody wants to work. You're going to have to do another 70-hour week. And we don't have it in the budget for overtime this week. So you're actually going to have to do half of it at the other store over 30 miles from where you live, right? Because I've seen that. And as that long as they're at restaurants. As long as those good employees are still showing up, it's boiled frogs. Yeah. You know, you, you just and keep telling them. need made a strike that's why we need worker solidarity and we need to to just people need to like if everybody that is under appreciated and underrepresented and underpaid at work all went and stayed home on just one day just doesn't have to be forever nobody's got to like because they can't fire everyone for it right they can't fire us all and 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 you can you can come up with an excuse they don't they don't have to know you took that day off like you could be the one sick one and then everyone else was, uh, you know, but if everybody does it, they, right, that's how that works. Like if only one person does it, they can be retaliated against. But as a collective bargaining unit, right, and and from what we learned with the Amazon workers too, 
you don't have to go to the Teamsters and or the, the the any of these people and take their money. Like, and if if that type of union is going to work for your field or where you're working, great. But like, or you just get together with your coworkers and do it yourselves, right? Like, you don't. It doesn't have to be. You know, the benefits of the unions that have existed longer is they have uh, established long running pension funds and things like this. It's weird because a lot of the anti union people I know in Florida retired to Florida on their union pensions. So. <laughs> I don't really understand the disconnect, but okay, Mr. Brainwash Republican, uh, whatever. Like that's, you know, that's just what they're, it's what they've been taught. So they, you know, they don't know any yeah. better. And, and so I have these conversations with those guys. I'm like, but, but you literally wouldn't be where you're at without this thing that I'm saying. Everyone kind of deserves a chance at what you got. You're enjoying it, right? Why? Everyone should have a chance at that. But then that's where you start getting into people's narcissism and their ego that like, they only got it because they're special. It's like, no, you only got it because you were born 30 years before I was. And, and and so there was still a couple pieces of that pie left to go around. Like that's it's what 2.5% uh home ownership rate amongst my generation at this point, or the the millennials. I'm I'm born in 84, but like, you know, and the younger you get the the worst chance of owning a house there is, right? Like it's that number's not there's no way, no matter what we made here there's no way we could own a house here like houses in our neighborhood are twice the size of our one bedroom apartment and they're selling for a million dollars yeah and this isn't we're not on capitol hill this isn't like the nicest part of dc it's just a part of dc yeah so i I spent a little time in baltimore um 2012, I think it was, I was uh, sailing up there for the tall ship celebrations. So that's probably the next affordable place that if you got to leave DC. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people are already doing that. That's all my friends in Key West. Like I'm uh, so Key West has sort of the same problem. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very compact place, very high real estate values, uh, high tourism, uh, you know, so high cost of living, everything's more expensive. The houses go for astronomical prices. And I'm in Fort Myers now. So I'm like a three hour uh, ferry boat ride or six hour drive to get to Key West from here. But I, you know, I don't, it's, it's a third what I was paying to live there to be in a whole ass house for what I was paying to live in, like a room in someone else's house there, you know? Yeah. It's always weird to talk to friends who are like, well, I'm, you know, I'm renting a house and it's still less than, <laughs> than our one bedroom, you know? And I understand that the wages are different, but from what I can tell, you know, that's, they might be different, but you, you have to get it in the first place, you know? Right. And then there's, there's so many like factors and, and, and it's, it's just too much. It's, there's too many barriers. If you don't, if basically, if you don't come out of high school and link up with like another person and get married, like immediately, and then both score good jobs and then put all that money aside for five years, you're not going to own a house before you're 30, which is not going to happen, you know, unless you, you hit the lottery or something crazy. Like, and for those people like me, pairing off probably isn't the greatest idea for me. It's never really worked out for me in the past. So like, you know, got to take care of Joe. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to own a house. What am I going to do with the whole house? If I did own it, I don't need, you know, my son's grown up. Like I'm a sailor. I sailed most of my life. I'm buying a fucking boat and just going to sea. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and I look forward to seeing those numbers. Like I'll, I'll send you the article when it's up. Okay. And then uh, I'll, I'll make sure that link is available when you get it to me for uh, any future listeners or watchers. Uh, and depending on what platform uh, you're seeing this on, it's also available in audio format 
if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening to it on Spotify or Buzzsprout or Apple or iTunes, you can see our pretty faces on the YouTube. Uh, you can also see a pretty cat. Hold on. Oh, oh yeah. Let's bring the kitty. We just adopted oh, her. Nice. I, uh, I actually, I've, I'm friends with uh, Oscar the gay dog. Uh, that got adopted in North Carolina there that uh, oh sure wait wh- where was that in North Carolina I, uh, I want to say Charlotte okay uh, and then yeah so the 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 gay couple that adopted Oscar uh, are super awesome they're getting them treated for heartworms right now and uh he's got a Facebook I joined up and uh, I think that's really cool I'm I'm a big animal advocate myself you know that's the life that's what Cat, that's cats what they wake life. up and they choose violence and I love that about them and this one's pretty Got the jam, the jam and make you go to work, 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 that pizza boy.